Hey everybody, welcome to the weekly show where we take a look back and forward at some of the biggest news affecting the sport that we love. Whether it's a broken home run record, a famous player's birth, or a major franchise trade, we'll have it all covered. I'm Jeff Lambert, and this is This Week in Baseball History. Hey there, everybody, and welcome to another episode of This Week in Baseball History, the bonus show for subscribers to our weekly newsletter and growing community. It's great to be back with you. There's going to be some interesting themes that pop up repeatedly in our review of this week's biggest baseball history events. Uh, kind of happened organically, but as I was going through, I noticed that we have several events that involves the country of Cuba, and we also have several events related to the New York Yankees. So keep that in mind as we go. Again, not exactly uh, meant to come out that way, but here we are. So I think you're going to enjoy these events. Let's go ahead and hop into it. On July 24th, 1983, the Pine Tar game occurred at Yankee Stadium. That's right. So go back in time with me. Royals hitter George Brett knocked an apparent two-run home run off of Rich Gossage to give Kansas City a 5-4 lead with two outs in the ninth inning. But after the home run was hit, Yankees manager Billy Martin came out of the dugout and argued with the umpires that the pine tar that was on Brett's bat exceeded the 17 inches that were allowed in the official rules. As a result, the umpires overruled the home run and called Brett out for illegally batting the ball, which led to New York getting the 4-3 victory. Well, as you can imagine, the Royals immediately protested and American League President Lee McPhail overruled his umpires for the first time, saying, quote, while the rules should certainly be rewritten and clarified, the home run will stand and the game will be resumed from that point on August 18th, end quote. So fast forward to August 18th, starting from the point of Brett's home run, the game continued. The Royals held on 5-4 to four to win that game. Now, this incident is important because it led to changes in the rules regarding pine tar and its application on baseball bats, and it sparked greater discussions about the role of umpires, the rules of the game, and the need for consistency in enforcement. On July 25, 1959, violence erupted at a minor league game in Cuba. I didn't know before this that there was a minor league team that was based in Cuba, so that was interesting in itself, but... On this date, Fidel Castro supporters brought a halt to this game between the Rochester Red Wings and the Havana Sugar Kings. There were scattered gunshots that erupted in the grandstands, and that led to the game's cancellation. And on top of that, Red Wings third base coach Frank Verdi and Havana shortstop Leo Cardenas both suffered minor flesh wounds, flesh wounds excuse me, as a result of those gunshots. So under immense pressure from the U.S. Secretary of State, the owner of the Havana Sugar Kings relocated the team back to the United States and they were renamed the Jersey City Jerseys. On July 26, 1948, the great Bambino made his last public appearance. Babe Ruth attended the premiere of his film The Babe Ruth Story, which premiered at the Astor Theater in New York. By that time, he was in very poor health and this was the last public appearance that he ever made. Now, the film itself was a semi-fictional biography of the babe's life, 
and it was directed by Roy Del Ruth, and it starred William Bendix, who played uh, Babe Ruth himself. The film was reportedly rushed so it could come out before Babe Ruth passed away. Everybody knew he was in declining health, and because of the speed at which he declined, they actually rushed the final production and editing of the film. Now, the movie was released to mixed reviews. Some loved it, some hated it. But the film had very dramatic overtures, and the director work was really shoddy. They left out certain parts of Babe's life that really should have been in there. And since that time, it's been labeled by many movie critics as one of the worst films ever made. Babe Ruth incidentally died three weeks after the movie came out. On July 27, 1984, Pete Rose passed Ty Cobb in career singles. So, Pete Rose achieved this significant milestone while playing for the Montreal Expos towards the end of his career. He hit a single in the seventh inning off of Phillies pitcher Steve Carlton to collect his 3,053rd career single, and that was enough to allow him to surpass Ty Cobb's previous record for career singles. Now, again, Pete Rose, known as one of the greatest hitters in baseball history, his style of play earned him the nickname Charlie Hustle, and he really endeared him to fans across the league for most of his career. And of course, Ty Cobb, another all-time great player, held that record for several decades before Rose finally broke it. So greatness surpassed greatness in this case. On July 28, 1999, Team USA defeated Cuba at the Pan Am Games for the first time in 12 years. So in a stunning turn of events, there was a group of U.S. minor league baseball players who were representing the country this year. They achieved this historic victory over the Cuban national team at the Pan American Games on this year. Now, the U.S. team was led by catcher Marcus Jensen, and they managed to break a 5-5 tie in the ninth inning with a three-run homer, and that led to a 10-5 comeback victory. This was a significant achievement because it marked the first time in over a decade that a U.S. amateur team managed to defeat the Cuban team, which was widely considered that year to be superior. And the victory was particularly sweet because it came shortly after the U.S. manager Buddy Bell was ejected from that same game. On July 29, 1915, the great Honus Wagner became the oldest player to knock a Grand Slam. So Honus, at the time, was playing for the Pittsburgh Pirates. He made history to be the oldest guy to knock a Grand Salami. The achievement was even more remarkable because the Grand Slam was an inside-the-park home run, and he did it at age 41. And I think that's a real testament to his enduring skill and athleticism, to say the least. The game ended with a victory for the Pittsburgh Pirates over Brooklyn as the score ended 8-2. to two. Now, Wagner's record as the oldest player to hit a Grand Slam stood for 70 years from this point until it was broken by Tony Perez in 1985. And on July 30th, the Expos hung 28 hits and 19 runs on the Atlanta Braves. So my goodness, the team north of the border made baseball history playing the Braves. I mean, this season was not a great one for Montreal. They were hoping to finish above 500, but they did have a lineup that included future Hall of Famers like Andre Dawson, Gary Carter, and Tony Perez. So the game started with Woody Fryman on the mound for the Expos and Tommy Boggs for the Braves. The Expos took an early lead in the second inning with a home run by Larry Parrish. And then in the third inning, the Expos expanded that lead with four home runs, which increased the score to nine to nothing. 
By the end of the fourth inning, the Expos had extended their lead to 10-zip. And then Parrish, who hit the first home run of the game, knocked in another one in the fifth, taking the score to 13 to nothing. And then the Expos scored three more runs in the sixth inning to go up 16-0. Montreal ended the game with a record-setting 19 runs on 28 hits, which made it the most lopsided victory in their team's history. In addition to tying the major league record with eight home runs, the Expos' 58 total bases in this game set a National League record, and those four home runs in the third inning also set a franchise record. So there you have it, folks. That concludes our exploration of the greatest events that happened in baseball history this week. I want to thank you for joining me. I want to thank you for being a free subscriber to the show. Of course, if you have the means, please consider upgrading and becoming a paid supporter and getting those additional perks that come with it. Of course, being able to have your feedback read in our main episode, being able to see a list of the upcoming episodes, and much more. I want to thank you for joining me, and I'll see you next week. 